Happy Friday. We made it. <laughs> We're here. And Ash. Yes. It's Food Friday today because that's what we do every Friday here on What's Right with Sam and Ash on News Talk 840 KXNT. So we're really happy uh, today to have a little bit of a different show. Our resident food critic, curmudgeon at law, John Curtis, uh, is taking the day off. And instead, we are doing our show live here from beautiful sunny it is sunny now because it was raining earlier newport beach california where we have our other office uh and it's an absolute delight here to have a friend uh joining us in our studio here and i think everybody's going to enjoy hearing from before i get to that i just it's always fun to be in this office i'm based uh we spend most of our time in in uh, las vegas of course and it, it's fun. I, I got on the plane. I, I flew in here today, and it's great to see our team working hard here. I think now, there are a lot of people uh, who travel between California and Nevada, and it's an enormous advantage for us as attorneys to have an office here in Southern California because, we, uh, frankly, a lot of people in, in, in Nevada come down here, and the California drivers aren't much better than the ones in Nevada. So uh, accidents happen, and we are able to service uh, these clients in these cases in both places. So with that said, we're here and it's fun. And we have with us Noah Blom. Noah, welcome to the program. It's great to be here, Sam and Ash. Always <laughs> a pleasure. It's actually really fun to have you here because normally we always see you in a restaurant setting. Just And so having you outside of the restaurant, out of your elements, it's really nice. It is tough to be out of my element. I have no wine currently in front of me and the sweats are coming on a little bit, but I think I'll be okay. By the end. Um, so I have a, uh, I, I need to kind of introduce you a little bit. We started to yesterday uh, a bit, but Noah, you have been in the restaurant business for a long time. Uh, I think you, you aspire to be a chef from, from day one, but it, it, it you, you, obviously you did that and then you started your own restaurant and your and then you started a second restaurant, a third restaurant. And now you are doing all of that, but you're also a city councilman and mayor pro tem right here in the city of Newport Beach. So that story, I think, is fascinating because it has to do with something people I don't think people remember what I think COVID was it. Does it have anything to do with COVID? A little bit. Just a touch. Just a touch. <laughs> so we'll get to that in a minute. But I think. I think, you know, usually on these Fridays, we always talk about food. So I know you had you have kind of an interesting background. You, you were in New York, you were in Vermont. Kind of briefly, what what how did how did it come about that you started cooking food and 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 being a chef and then eventually starting your own restaurant? I'll give you the quick unabridged story that um, I couldn't possibly work for my father any longer, who was a photographer, and uh, he told me I had to go get a job. And I met an inspirational chef that was horrible, mean, and taught me everything um, he could in this world named Hans Prager. And so from 14 on, I pretty much started working in kitchens, learning to cook, getting excited about it. But really, you know, I think the most important part of the restaurant business is always hospitality and just kind of learning how to hang out with other people. Yeah, well, you, you do that very well. Uh, you, you, do like, you do hang out with people. Your, your restaurants are the kind of place that people want to be. 
they want to spend time there. And then the, the food, of course, is good. Uh, but it's also just a place where people like to like to hang out. And, and in fact, I'll say your restaurant that is the, your your most recent, your newest restaurant is in a place called Cannery Village. I think that's what it's called in, in Newport Beach. And this place is has become I don't know, a social gathering spot in Newport, kind of a, a salon of Orange County. And this restaurant uh, started, I think you started as a to-go place. And it opened, I mean, how many months before COVID did it open? I think You're it opened. Yeah, I, was like, <laughs> like, I don't know. Ooh, um, maybe about a year-ish. Right before COVID, nine See, that's months crazy. possibly. Yeah. That's crazy because I don't even remember. I don't. It, it did not seem like it was open for that long, even because you were using it to help the other restaurant you had in Costa Mesa, right? There was some like baking because it's the only because your original restaurant in Costa Mesa, which I love, and that's how we originally met. No artificial heat source. It's all wood fired, open, so it made baking kind of tricky. I think it was difficult. Um, <laughs> we definitely had to teach ourselves how to bake with nothing but wood, which um, brought us back to the dark ages. But I think it was it was exciting and kind of created new ideas. And we wanted to translate that to something we could do, kind of in a takeout element. But unfortunately, we're not in the takeout business. We're just bad at it. You know, we like talking to people too much and serving them wine and hearing their stories. And so it evolved into what it became, mainly because no one else could eat anywhere in California. Um, there was a little bit, you know, of a, a closure issue that happened in March of 2020 that we didn't really listen to. Um, and so it worked out well, I think. I remember going, I had never been to your Newport Beach location, but I remember during the shutdown, Sam was like, well, let's just go get some food to go. We know Noah and Marin, they do the best food. So if we're going to get to go food, let's do it. And you guys were, you were doing deliveries on your golf cart. You had really figured it out. And I, so I was like, let's do it. Let's go. And sure enough, like you said, we go in, we order our to-go food, but then we all start talking, we sit down, and there we are ending up eating our to-go food in your little bakery, bottle shop, or a butcher and baker. And so we're sitting there eating, and then other people come in to get their to-go food, and they see we're sitting there, and then they're like, well, I want to sit there too. And like Sam said, it just kind of has evolved from something that had, what, maybe four tables, if even five Marin say, saying there was five tables inside and the outside was all parking. And now there's how many tables and no parking. Correct. And I don't think you need, and you know, happiness is contagious, well, I think, in that way. Well, but the story, it's great because it, it, you know, initially it was the restaurant that just ended up staying open through COVID. And we've, even though people on this program who've been listening for a while, haven't heard from you yet. They've, they've heard the story from us mm -hmm. more than more than once of how in, I don't know, April, you know, we would come down to your restaurant and you let us order our takeout and then eat it inside the restaurant. And it we would I mean, at the time I was kind of going between Vegas and 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 California quite a bit more. And so I was there, a, you know, a couple times a week. And it was this like I don't know. It was this place where you could actually enjoy a little bit of normalcy at a time when normal was hard to come by. And I think it was that was all Marin, my beautiful wife, that made all of that happen. I I was willing to follow every rule, <laughs> and she she you know threw the line in the sand and said, "Absolutely not. We're not doing this." So 
you know, you always have to listen to your wife when it comes down to these things. But you know, we kept running, and I think when the town and the locals and the people around you love what you're doing, then you know you're doing the right thing. Well, and it started to accumulate patrons that all had similar thinking of this isn't what our country is about, so we're going to support Noah. He's the one, Noah and Marin, they're the ones that are staying open. They're not letting this stop them. They're still providing for the community. And so it ended up that everyone there was like-minded and it created this really fun atmosphere and it stayed that way. And it's really a great place. Oh, and not to mention you let people keep their jobs. And this was before all the funny money hit, all the, you know, helicopters, you know, cash getting dropped on, on everyone for not working. Uh, but but it was you know in that in that immediate shutdown there was not a lot of assistance and and people e- either you know in hospitality and it happened in Las Vegas big time I mean we just we from one day to the next we suddenly ended up with this incredible unemployment and all and and there were not people like you that just told you know basically the uh, the government to go shove it and so you 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 did and. And so I, I want to, but I want to get into that because it's a really fascinating story. And I know maybe you can't as much or you don't want to as much, but we can maybe fill in some of the gaps that you're not willing to, to tell us about. But it's, it's, it was, it, it really was um, a, a rare spot of, of freedom at a time that was, that, you know, now is starting to fade into distant memory a little bit. But I think we need to remind ourselves of it. We need to remind ourselves what happened how crazy we allowed ourselves to get and and what the cost was of that. So I want to I talk, if, if, you, if I can, a little so, bit about that COVID era. No, you know, I think the most important thing at that point was facing the fear really facilitated the freedom. And when you got to that point where you realize, what's the enforcement mechanism? What, what's actually about to happen? And you got to meet with the people who were supposed to be enforcing these new mandates and rules. And you realize that the people enforcing them are with you. The police and fire, the code enforcement, all of them, they want what's best for everybody. They're not there to drop a mandate from on high or all of a sudden look at some major order and say, this is what we're doing. And so you ended up finding you have way more friends in the face of freedom than you do in the face of fear. And you know, oftentimes people would call and complain and we would say the same thing. You're calling me. I'm yeah. not asking you to come here. I don't want to force you to do anything mm-hmm. you don't want to do. You find your own comfortability. And in that level, I think we gained respect and trust. There was no force. There was no angry message coming from us. It's just what we all stand for and always is that you're supposed to be free in this world to make these choices. They're not hurting anyone else. And you really saw a sense of community that didn't exist before kind of take root. And really, we feel like we were kind of one of the starting points for building a community that didn't exist. Prior. Yeah, I, and I love it. And I want to talk more about how you survived it because it was hard. Like Sam said, getting all that funny money, employment, running it from the other side, being a restaurant owner. I want to hear about that when we come back. So stay with us. Don't go anywhere. What's right with Sam and Ash here? We've got Noah Bloom. Blum? Do you pronounce it Blum? Blum, Bloom, Von Bloom. Blum, I, at any rate. You jump in there. Uh, Noah. Our friend Noah. Marin also, his beautiful wife, is in the studio with us, too. We're here uh, in our Newport Beach office, and and Noah is the mayor pro tem of Newport Beach and also a local restaurant 
business owner. All right, don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this. Sam and Ash Injury Law has been named the official injury attorneys of the Henderson Silver Knights. Sam and Ash Injury Law, they care, they help, you win. 702-820-1234 or salmonashlaw.com because you deserve what's right. Welcome back. What's right with Sam and Ash here on Food Friday. Every Friday we talk about food here on the program. News Talk 840 KXNT in studio with us, not in our usual spot, but we are uh, we are live from beautiful Newport Beach, and we have our good friend Noah Blom with us, and Noah is a restaurateur, business owner, and also the mayor pro tem of Newport Beach, California. Noah, thanks for hanging out with us today. Great to be here with you guys. It's great to have you. I know. We don't have any wine or champagne for you, but we'll fix it later. Just a little bit. (laughs) So before we took a break, we were talking about how your restaurant in Newport Beach evolved during COVID. It started as just a takeout place, and now it is really a center of how a lot of people, freedom seekers, enjoy their lunch, so to speak. I want to know how difficult it was as a restaurant owner to maintain steady employment, keeping that kitchen running, maintaining quality, because we always talk on Fridays about consumer. We send people to restaurants. We talk about reviews. But I want to hear from your side how difficult it really was to maintain that. The first week um, was insanity, near impossibility, actually. I think I, I always have a great attitude when it comes to everything and a friend of mine that had just gotten back from an African safari uh, called and said, oh my gosh, how's everything going? And I said, the planes crashed into the mountain. We're all going down. And he said, no, you're always positive. What do you mean? I think that was the hardest part with the first week. After that, we all kind of rallied around and you really started seeing the difference in the municipalities. So we have a restaurant in Costa Mesa, one in Newport. And Newport took a very freedom-oriented approach to everything we did. Costa Mesa took the opposite approach. They wanted to follow every guideline to the letter, um, and it was near impossible to even keep opening. We had to lose our entire staff at that restaurant, which was a much larger staff. We moved down who we could to Newport, um, and if it wasn't for the grace of a couple of great locals, we wouldn't have been able to hire everyone back so quickly, but we were... Newport was definitely an easier easier climate to navigate it through than it was in Costa Mesa. It's fascinating because I'll just say it. I think the mayor at the time in Costa Mesa was a communist. Uh, <laughs> and and the, the, yes. the government in, in Newport, very reflective, of course, of the, of the population there, uh, tends to be a little bit more right wing. And consequently, I do remember sitting and eating indoors – maskless in April in your restaurant, right? Well, that was even before we were really talking about masks. That that was on our radar. But just the fact that we were eating indoors and Newport Beach PD would drive by, they would wave. In fact, I don't want to out him, but I have a friend that works on the force in Newport Beach PD. We went to lunch there (laughs) together uh, one day when when he was not working. So... Funny enough, I mean that that you're absolutely right. You got you. It was a it was a totally different attitude. But the the listen the net result, right? Ultimately, when we look back at all of this, it's not like more people died in Newport of COVID. 
It's not that less people died of COVID or got sick with COVID in Costa Mesa. The only result from all this idiocy out of, out of and these are cities, if, you, if people aren't familiar, they're next door to each other. Costa Mesa is probably best known for having the big shopping center, uh, South Coast Plaza. Uh, in it. I, it's like the main attraction in Costa Mesa. So you've got, but they're, they're literally neighboring cities. And yet the, the, the result of having that kind of lockdown mentality really just affected small businesses. It affected the people that worked there. It ended, it, it created an enormous amount of personal and economic misery. But, but it, 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 as far as it's bearing on, on COVID mitigation, you know, if you look at the numbers, I mean, it's it's immeasurable. It's 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 nil. And that's correct. I think the most important thing to remember is that Newport took a freedom stance. Costa Mesa did not. Newport fared extremely well, which is why we got involved in politics. We saw what could happen if the wrong person is leading a city. I mean, they can they can take a city budget, a city's financials, and destroy them in the course of two years. Whereas we look back on Newports, and you know, I sit on those committees. And we look back on COVID and said, wow, we didn't lose a dollar. We did better. We actually were able to give everyone raises and work better with our police force. We had the same thing all cities did where we had BLM riots and things like that, but ours were all mitigated. People peacefully walked down the street. Our police didn't have issue. We never defunded them. Everything stayed working. Property values went up and the city prospered. And I think it just shows that freedom tends to be a little bit a little bit more beneficial to the bank account than the other side. And it's a hell of a lot more fun. (laughs) (laughs) You're burying the lead. Freedom is more fun. It really is. And now I want to know, did you struggle keeping some staff when they're getting those checks, those payments, those subsidies from the government? Was there any... Did you see people that are like, eh, I'm going to stay home on the couch? And it was, a, by the way, I was just going to say, yeah, great question, because in, in Nevada, it was very similar to here. People basically could collect more than their take-home pay before they lost their jobs. And and so, it, it you know, it, 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 the people were just getting a, a really a, a king's ransom for not working. That's right. I mean, I think the one thing we noticed was there was a few positions that wanted to work. All of our cooks wanted to come back immediately. They they enjoyed doing what they did. And so the moment we offered and we were able to do it, we had a, a friend of ours that wanted to send meals to every one of his um, staff. And he has a number of companies. And so it came out to something like 300 meals or right around there. And each one was a minimum of a couple hundred bucks. That was if there was only two people in the family, sending bottles of wine, charcuterie. He just wanted to take care of them while they were stuck at home. So we were able to bring back pretty much every cook right away. We were able to bring back our bartenders that all became delivery drivers and going all over all three counties. So we did San Diego, L.A., and Orange County with that. The servers didn't really want to come back that much. It was a strange thing. And so the ones we did start hiring because we were looking for new people when nobody was hiring – we got some of the greatest staff we ever thought possible. And they were all the ones that that I think had a similar mentality in this world that they like working. And so out of all of this, we got the greatest staff we could ever ask now. They they were the ones that decided they like to show up to work every day because they like to work. It's not just for the dollars and cents. And that's near impossible to find. Yeah. Um, but I think you did end up with great staff. And the best thing also is, is that you ended up 
not behind the eight ball when everybody else suddenly reopened because I know there was you have a you have a neighbor in Newport Beach who's very mindful of all the rules and he <laughs> follows all the rules and was he was he was a day late and a dollar short hiring people and couldn't bring them on until he was given the official okay by Governor Newsom to reopen and you know and and ultimately that that cost him a tremendous amount of money and and opportunities also for people that you know that ended up going elsewhere so uh, it's fascinating stuff i want to continue this this dialogue we got to take a, a a break here at the bottom of the hour for some news some traffic and some uh some commercials too we got some great commercials let me tell you okay um ash this is fun noah it's great having you here this is uh this is exciting it's great to be here yeah all right noah blom he's the Wow, he's a restaurant guy. He's a he's a great chef. I want to tell us a little bit when we come back about your restaurant, and um, I want people for those that come out and visit here to come see you. All right, what's right with Sam and Ash? News Talk eight forty KXNT. Comfortable and confident is how Sam and Ash injury law clients feel after the very first call. Comfortable knowing they have decades of personal injury experience. Confident there's reputation and trust to resolve cases and to do what's right. Sam and Ash injury law offers platinum legal service to anyone who contacts them. Quality matters. Integrity matters. Who you hire to protect and represent you matters. If you've been hurt in an accident, choose Sam and Ash injury law. 702-820-1234 or SamandAshLaw.com because you deserve what's right welcome back bottom of the hour here what's right with sam and ash news talk 840k xnt today coming to you live loud and clear from beautiful sunny southern california in our newport beach office and in studio with us is noah blom chef noah also city councilman and mayor pro tem of newport beach Noah, you're a good friend, and and I appreciate you coming in today and hanging out with us. Right before the break, we were talking about COVID, how that affected your business. Um, fascinating, obviously, and 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 hiring and in, in that environment. Uh, I think anybody that's missed any portion of this program needs to go and find the podcast. Uh, it's easy to do. Apple Podcast. What's right show with Sam and Ash, also the same title on Spotify. So you can find us there and get the full episode. I remember, I have a memory because we were talking a little bit about how you kept your restaurant open through COVID. I have a memory that um, (laughs) it was the first of many similar types of things that have happened, that happened to me and that happened to a lot of other people all around the country. I remember being, eating at ARC, uh, which is your one of your two restaurants uh, here in Newport. And it was maybe April, late April 2020. The governor's shutdown order was still in full effect. And a guy pulls up in a car and walks into the restaurant and begins videotaping, you know, me and the handful of other people that are there. And everyone basically told him to, go to hell and and he left and got back in his car and, and drove off it's a fascinating thing to me that like like so let's just assume for a minute that that covid was you know so deadly that you know every other person that got it dropped dead you know within a, within a couple hours isn't it on me ultimately if i want to have that risk if i i mean was anybody in that restaurant against their will was was anybody there you know forced to work or to to eat or to enter 
mean, the absurdity that we've 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 gotten to with this. I know you have some thoughts on this. I wanted to bring it up. You know, it was interesting during all of this because hospitality is the business we're in. We like food. That's great. We set the ambiance. The whole thing is hospitality. And so you're in it to make all walks of life happy. I mean, that's the entire goal by the end of it. It's that people can come in pissed off. They might not share your regular belief system, but you're there to make their experience better, not worse. More people leave and they're happy. And so when we became the bad guys, I think it was an interesting thing for both my wife and I, Marin, who runs all of our restaurants, creates them, and I just get to work at them. But um, it was it was one of those moments where we kept feeling like we we're in an alternate reality where people serving food to other humans, at, you know, a great cost to themselves, you know, for a hope of small profit, were were vilified in such a way that you know we were said we were killing people, killing grandmothers. They were all dying under our watch. And a quick anecdote for this is that we originally started saying, screw it, we're going to seat whoever we want, when a couple that, if they were 80, they were a day, roll up in their little golf cart, locals of the area, and she walks in and tells me, can we just sit down and eat a salad and have a glass of wine like normal people? Because I've been cooking for the last three weeks, and I've been poisoning that man right there. (laughs) I haven't cooked in 65 years, and this is hell. And we said, absolutely, come in. And it started that whole chain that, what are we doing? We're giving people a way to feel like humans again. Well, that's why I loved your restaurant. There is a segment of the population that wanted to go out and act like the world was normal and everything was okay. And that's the population that you were there to serve. And if someone showed up in a mask, you were like, come on in. If you want to come in, we'll seat you. You can wear your mask, but here's what we're doing. And I remember I got so angry because I love you. I love Marin. I love what you guys are doing. And the Yelp terrorism that I saw your restaurants endure because people would show up and then instill their viewpoints and their expectations on you guys and all the other patrons. They would say, they don't wear masks. There's no social distancing. There's none of this. It's so unsanitary, unsafe. And I go, but you went out of your house. You went searching for a restaurant. Go search for a restaurant that has all of those things you want. It would be I mean, or to eat make, at home. No, no, but to make the, yeah. the analogy, it'd be like, I want Mexican food. I want tacos. And I go show up at a, a sushi restaurant. And I'm like, how dare you not serve me a taco? Like, that's the ridiculous. <laughs> if you want something, go somewhere that will cater to that need. Well, we dealt with the Yelp issue pretty easily. Um, we just started looking at the reservation book instead of Yelp. And it, it really <laughs> it made it a lot easier to just delete the app and stop paying attention. And so I think people saw the bad reviews and wanted <laughs> and were encouraged to go visit your restaurant. Well, freedom they saw drives. it. Yeah. The freedom seekers saw the people there going, oh, my God, this place doesn't wear masks. They don't like they're This is where I'm going. So you're right. And, it, you know, I will say the one thing for us about the whole mask deal is that We were never, I mean, personally, we have our own belief structure on it, but for our staff and for um, the patrons that were coming in, we make no limitations on anyone. We told our staff the same thing. If you want it, we'll provide it. If you don't, okay, great. You're free to make your own life decision about how you best want to work. That's, it seems like every law we put in place prior to this was for protection of the employees Mm -hmm. 
And now we're in this strange point where, oh, no, no, you're forced to protect them by doing this thing that they don't want and they find to not protect them. You know, it, it, it makes all the perfect sense. Well, and I started loving all the L.A. people, all the celebrities from Los Angeles slowly started to trickle down to this beacon of hope in I, Newport Beach. I, I it's Machine Gun Kelly came I, I saw him there literally eating with megan fox at your restaurant i spent a good amount of time there yeah, yeah bill murray uh, oh uh, Wilhelm. yeah one of the great <laughs> one of the great, <laughs> great men of this world unbelievable he, and, and he was very charming and and but but literally people were escaping la yeah. cheech marin was rolling joints on the patio you know it was, i'm just kidding he <laughs> joints, but he he hung out there a good amount you know it was nice to see people escaping to come down because they felt like this place was free it was. It really was. I had so much fun there, and I met so many different people that I don't think I otherwise would have mingled with or in just day-to-day -day life. And so I'm so thankful that you created that environment for everyone. And, and for all of our friends in Nevada, in, in Las Vegas listening, let me, let me tell you, at any given time in the summer, uh, on the street in front of your restaurant, half the cars have Nevada plates. And I, we, isn't this true, Ash? Yes. We, we run into more of our friends from home there than, than we do almost that we do in town in the summer in Vegas, uh, because there are, um, you know, there are a lot of, I won't, I won't name them, but there are a lot of, of, of local uh, Vegas people that spend their summers in Newport Beach and are there and, you know, vacationing, going to Disneyland, whatever it is. Uh, and they 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 find and and seek out your restaurant. So, um, I I want to I do want to I've got a couple minutes here before we need to take a break. Can you tell us a little bit about the concept of your restaurant? Describe it to someone who's never been there. I want to also know what your favorite. I have a favorite dish. I, I want to say that to the fourth segment. Favorite. That, okay. Yeah, okay. But describe the restaurant a little bit. Okay. Um, you know, the restaurants were kind of the birth of everything I had done in my past that I liked doing, but I thought that restaurants just had become so regimented. You were supposed to sit down, you were supposed to have an appetizer, a salad, get your entree, order some sides, and it became this process that lost, like, the love. Uh, my wife, Marin, builds all of our restaurants, like, physically with her hands. She'll do all the brick work, and so it makes it feel like a piece of home when they're put together. And the food has to feel that same way. And so when we started doing things from the very beginning, we said, look, food's gonna come out whenever it's done. It's just gonna be built big enough to share. No one will ever order one salad per person again. The salads have to be big enough that they just hit the table and everyone throws a fork in. And what started happening, I think community started forming around that. And you know, it's a huge part of why we've been successful is that each one's like a family. I mean, our staff stays with us forever. You know, we're privileged to have our very first two employees when we opened our Oyster Bar Shuck still working and running our kitchens across the board. Um, you know, bartenders from day one have moved their way up to become director of operations. And, you know, even though Marin threatened to fire them in the very, very early days. And, you know, and it, this all cycles kind of back to what you were saying about Nevada plates on the street is that when I was originally running for um, council, 
we had a hit piece come out saying how much dark money was coming in from out of state. <laughs> and we were laughing that these are people that just eat at the restaurant every day that happen to be residents of Nevada. This isn't, this isn't dark money. There's no It's secret. like Russia. Yeah, I'm like, dark money? They have a house in Newport, too. This is just how it works. So amazing. And, you know, we've been so privileged for all of it. I love it. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We've got Noah Blom here on What's Right with Sam and Ash. News Talk 840 KXNT. Noah's a restaurateur here in Newport Beach. We're broadcasting live from Newport today. Uh, We'll be back in our Vegas office on Monday. Uh, Stay tuned. We're going to talk about favorite dishes uh, when we come back. Welcome back. What's Right with Sam and Ash? Food Friday today as we come to you live from our beautiful Newport Beach office. That's right. Ash and I are on the road visiting our second office that we have uh, in California. And that's perfect because instead of our good friend John Curtis, we have Noah Blom, who is a chef proprietor of a couple of restaurants here in town. Also a city councilman and mayor pro tempore of Newport Beach. Noah, great to have you here with us. Um, so we were talking a little bit about your restaurant. You're describing it. You you, you mentioned that your your wife, Marin, you know, builds these restaurants by hand. That's actually true. And Marin, you do not look like someone that builds restaurants by hand. You 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 do not you and you would imagine somebody who looks indelicate, but you um you're not just handy, but you're also tremendously creative. And I, I, I'll tell you, there's a, in your Costa Mesa restaurant where you've created that little guild club in the back. It's just, I mean, how many square feet is that? It's like four square feet. I don't know. It's the <laughs> it's tiniest small. restaurant has two tables inside and, and a bar. And it has to be one of the most beautiful restaurant spaces I've ever seen anywhere. And I believe both those tables, one is yours and the other is Ash's, if I'm not mistaken. We refuse. The Sam table and the Ash table <laughs> are, are permanently always held for you. But, you know, that, that, uh, the Guild Club was truly a labor of love for Marin. I think she spent nine months either laying on her back, painting the ceiling, doing every mirror throughout it, all the woodworking, building pieces that are just unfathomable with what she actually put together. And it looks like Winston Churchill's den pre-World War II. Um, It was a little bombed out after, but uh, beautiful. You know, we used to have live music. Amazing things went on back there. That's the thing. It's so small, but you have an internal staircase up to this functional deck, and that's where the live music, the band would be, and it's stunning. So, yes, four by four square feet, but it is the most elegantly built out space that I love. And I remember when you were painting the ceiling, your neck was in just a, a mess because of it. But it's so, I love that place. It's like a little blanket of food. Marin was like Michelangelo, you know, yes. in the Sistine Chapel. I mean, she's just up there and, and you, it's, it's, uh, the inside is like dark wood and green, like emerald green. And then you, you hand painted on like zodiac signs on the, on the ceiling and gold paint. It's, it's unreal. The food. The food is unreal, too, at your restaurants. I like to describe it as home cooking elevated. That it's, you know, it's elegant comfort food that you can eat over and over again. And and it's absolutely not fussy, which is interesting because and I'm not I believe you got your start. One of your one of the restaurants you worked at 
when you were first beginning was Danielle in in uh, New York City, which is a a you know Michelin starred tremendous restaurant, very fussy restaurant, but yes. very fussy. It's not the kind of restaurant that you want to go to and have a bite. You don't have a bite. It's a the meal is experiential, but but also overwhelming. Yeah, Danielle, you're there for six hours. It's $1,000 a person, and when you're done, you have to stop at the pizza place across the street because you're still hungry. Um, and that was, I think, everything we didn't want to do. A lot of what we learned there was amazing because traditionally, Danielle was, he cooked peasant food. You know, he's from Lyon. Uh, it was all Gascon cooking, Southern Bavarian. So the idea was that these are the peasant regions of Europe that have made the greatest food of all time. And you know, elevating things to the Parisian style doesn't make them better. It just means the food had to cart itself in there longer, so you needed heavier sauces to cover up what was not the best-tasting stuff. So when we kind of came to art, the whole idea was, what are the greatest combinations that have ever existed? You know, it's steak and potatoes, pork and beans, duck and lentils, meatballs and tomato sauce. And we thought, all right, let's just make them better. Let's try to just make them honest. And I think that's what it's been. It's over the years, it's not that food has gotten worse, it's that we've lost honesty in cooking. And I think that's the biggest issue, is that people are looking for an easier way as labor costs rise to say, okay, well, I can buy this done already. It's never really been our philosophy. We like to make things. I know. What's your favorite? If you had to pick one thing on the menu at either restaurant, what are you going for? I was thinking about that because um, it's, it's one of the oldest dishes I made when I opened my very first restaurant in Vermont. It's the only one that's made it from Vermont to here, and it's the Chili Reno, which is strange that we we own an American restaurant and serve a Chili Reno. But when I first opened a taco place in Vermont that was not that successful, I call it graduate school. It was expensive, <laughs> and I got a great education out of it. But the Reno, it's coated in pumpkin seeds. It's a poblano. It's stuffed with four authentic cheeses that we bring in from Mexico. It's under a little succotash, so it's also fresh, and it just feels right. Every part of it feels right, and um, and it's it's withheld the test of time, but it truly is one of the greatest Reno's ever made. That is my favorite thing. A girl in our office is going there tonight, and she was asking me, she's like, I've never been for dinner. What do I get? And I said, the chili Reno. And she was like, I've always seen those on menus. Are they good? And I was like, other places, no. Here, yes. I was like, this is fabulous. And I was explaining it. It is honestly my favorite thing. I don't get it every time, but I treasure that thing it has a special place in my heart so i love it and your menu even says it's so socal comfort food mm -hmm. so it all makes sense well I, you know growing up here soul food is mexican south and yes. central american food i mean our cultures are so intertwined you know, the interesting thing about new york is when i was in new york it was west african and puerto rican food that was our soul food because that's those were the cultures yeah. you would end up going to you know san francisco we a lot of Vietnamese and Thai food and Filipino stuff. And, you know, it was bigger into Asian there. And I think sometimes we don't trust Southern California for being part of that culture. But, my God, it's so good. It's good. Sam, what's yours? I knew you were going to ask me. Uh, so I love the cheese pizza. Oh. And Marin's got her arms up. I love it. Okay. But do you know why I love it? Because it's, yeah, it's basic. But it's not. It's not. It's not. How many cheeses? Do you put five, four or five? Six. And it doesn't Six. have a red sauce. No. Uh, it doesn't? It, it has two sauces on it. Oh. One is a roasted garlic puree where we just slow roast garlic in olive oil. We, we pull the oil off and then whip the garlic, and that's the base sauce. And then we make 
essentially our tomato soup as a very light finishing oh. sauce on top of the garlic. So it's we set out. I was if they're chicken chicken fingers, a cheese pizza, mac and cheese. Heightened kids' food yes. is my wife's favorite meal. So those I the three I listed might be her favorite items. Your grilled cheese sandwich with the uh, tomato soup has to be one of the best winter meals to eat out anywhere. I often credit that with my love for cooking. Was I had it might have, might have been eight, leaving elementary school for a quick lunch with my mom, as was the case. We would take long lunches, and. She told me to get a tomato soup to dip my grilled cheese in. And I was like, I didn't know that that was an option in life. And they sent out the soup, which I just assumed was a giant vat of sauce next to it. And so somehow as an adult, I get to dip things in pots of sauce and this is all okay. I'm like, this, if this is allowed, I am getting involved in this. Well, I remember at our Costa Mesa, it wasn't on the menu. It was, you just had tomato soup and it would come out with toast, like bread. And one time I'm leaving and there's a kid in there with a grilled cheese. And I go, what, where did that come from? And you were like, oh, it's the kid's menu, you know, just joking. And I was like, that's an option. You're like, yeah, of course, whatever you want. And secret menus. I know. We love our secret menus. I love it. Uh, where... Do people find your restaurants and give us their names? So in case anybody's visiting town uh, here in Newport can see or come in and experience it for themselves. We have um, our first restaurant is Arc Food and Libations. It's in an area called Soco of Costa Mesa, um, a cool little plaza. There's a number of restaurants there. That one we've had for a little over 10 years. The first restaurant Marin and I opened together is also over there called Shuck, which is an oyster bar, which still uses my clam chowder recipe. So it still is worth trying out. Um, the Guild Club is in the back, which will be opening Thursday, Friday, Saturday next month for full on cocktails and a different experience. I hope hope you guys can make it out from Vegas for that one. And then our newest restaurant is on the peninsula um, at 30th Street. Unbelievable. Go and visit these spots. They are amazing. Noah, thanks for coming in. Appreciate you. All right, that's it. Show's over. Well, have a great weekend. We'll see you here next week. Bye.